Where does that come from for you? Where you just want to uplift people? Where does that come from? You know, I think I, if, if I had to examine it, I think it really comes from my sense of family because I, that's what I feel permeates through everything that I do. And it kind of makes me the person that I am. Like I'm as friendly as I am because I almost initially look at you as a family member. You're just a family member I haven't met yet. If you're a new person, you know what I'm saying? So I'm looking for reasons to like you. I'm looking for reasons to connect with you. And that's through my sense of family. And that I think is what permeates through all of what I do business-wise, uh, lifestyle-wise, like, you know, being spiritually open for people and allowing them to come in and shine light. Because I think everybody has a positive quality that they can use to kind of help everyone else. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm looking for. Like, it's funny. I'm a nerd, right? So, you know, like Terminator, remember Terminator movies? When when you look through the camera of the Terminator, when you look through the eyes, he has like a whole bunch of readouts. And that's what I'm doing to you. I'm scanning you and being like, how can you achieve? How can you help others achieve? How can you help me achieve? Like, I kind of, I'm analyzing you a little bit. So again, it's like, I'm just trying to find the best qualities in people. And then that allows me to just be like, I can put you here. I can put you here. And we can build an amazing thing, you know? You're listening to the Grind and Gratitude Show. Welcome to the Grind and Gratitude Show. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much. If you're an avid listener, you know I got love for you. And one of the things that you know I love to do is to bring you amazing guests, right? This podcast is all about helping you to level up your life and your business and really see things and do things differently. And so I always bring you really interesting guests who are doing amazing things, but also who have that grind and that hustle and the gratitude along the way. And so I'm so very excited to have my man, Sean Serraton, on the podcast this morning. I got to give you guys the rundown in terms of what this brother's doing, because he's doing some really cool things in this really amazing experience. So we're really going to get into that. So let me just give you a quick little snippet of what what Sean's doing. Uh, The Heightened Chef consists of friends from high school who came together uh, through a passion for food and cannabis in 2017. I know what you're thinking. You're already loving it. Um, Sensing the prospects in the emerging cannabis market and the need for unique dining experience, and you know that I love creating experiences, they set out to create a brand new brand. The outcome is now the standard by which all others should be measured and has inspired many to begin their journeys within the cannabis industry. With over 50 years combined experience in the cannabis cuisine, uh, cannabis and cuisine industry, Chef Alfred, Chef Mark, and uh, Sean host their amazing month after month stunning menus with exclusive venues and unforgettable memories. And I can attest to that because I've attended a couple of them. Serving hundreds of guests over the last three years has allowed them to fine tune and perfect their formulas for an evening of dining music, education, laughter, and cannabis. Always pushing the cannabis culture forward, the Heightened Chef team ensures the platform they've created is being used to showcase their very best cannabis companies. And the future of cannabis is bright with trailblazing pioneers with the the Heightened Chef. So let me welcome my main man, Sean Serraton, to the podcast. What's up? How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, my bro. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, definitely, I think we got some good stuff in store for today's episode of Grind and Gratitude. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. Yes, sir. And go ahead. 
No, I'll just say it. We in the building. We in the building. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, Coach Stone is in the building. Hey, man, Sean. And I want to say this, you know, first, before we jump into the podcast, I want to say to you, thank you for supporting everything that I've been doing over the years, the speaking, the coaching. You know, one of the things that I can really say about you is whether it's liking a post or commenting or sharing or having me to come speak at the Heighten, on the Heightened Chef platform. You know, you've always been somebody who's been supportive of everything that I've been doing ever since I met you. And I just want to say thank you for that, brother. Hey, big up, big up, respect. No problem, man. Love is love, my bro. See, that's kind of, I know we're going to get into it, but that's kind of a main philosophy with me, myself, that I always try and use everything that I do as a platform to lift up my 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 peoples. You know what I mean? I want to put a spotlight on everybody who deserves it. And you're definitely one of those ones who are out there achieving and, and pushing things forward. So it is never a sweat for me to put you on board with anything that I'm doing or to try and big you up because I know it's good stuff and good people mess with good people, bro. That's true. Thank you. Thank you. So since we're on that, like, where does that come from? Where does that, because not everybody is like that. You know, sometimes people are rooting for you as long as they think they're doing better than you or, you know, there's the fake love until you start to 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 get some shine. Like, where does that come from for you? Where you just want to uplift people? Where does that come from? You know, I think I if if I had to examine it, I think it really comes from my sense of family, because I, that's what I feel permeates through everything that I do. And it kind of makes me the person that I am. Like, I'm as friendly as I am, because I almost initially look at you as a family member. You're just a family member I haven't met yet. If you're a new person, you know what I'm saying? So I'm looking for reasons to like you. I'm looking for reasons to connect with you. And that's through my sense of family. And that I think is what permeates through all of what I do business wise, uh, lifestyle wise, like, you know, being spiritually open for people and allowing them to come in and shine light. Because I think everybody has a positive quality that they can use to kind of help everyone else. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm looking for. Like, it's funny. I'm a nerd, right? So, you know, like Terminator, remember Terminator movies? When when you look through the camera of the Terminator, when you look through the eyes, he has like a whole bunch of readouts. And that's what I'm doing to you. I'm scanning you and being like, how can you achieve? How can you help others achieve? How can you help me achieve? Like, I kind of, I'm analyzing you a little bit. So again, it's like, I'm just trying to find the best qualities in people. And then that allows me to just be like, I can put you here. I can put you here. And we can build a, a an amazing thing, you know. I love that. I'm, I'm like that too. I'm always looking for the best in people because I think that we all have the ability to do more, and we all have this gift or talent that we might not realize. And sometimes we just kind of get stuck in life, and we can't realize that thing. And so, if I can see something, or maybe I can spark something in somebody to see something different or to do something different, then I'm all for that. And I think all of us you know, have been in a place where we've just kind of become uh, going through the life, going through the motions, like this mundane day after day, everything looks the same. And so like in saying that, how did you kind of get involved with the heightened chef? First of all, tell everybody what it is, like what that whole experience is and then sort of how you came, how it came to be. Yes. Yes. And it stemmed in that, just what you just said there, that being stuck in the mundane the same day to day, working Monday to Friday to get to the weekend. You know what I mean? Working for the weekend, 
is not the thing. And I know that's something that you've you've said before that you got to work for every day, like kind of thing. You know, you got to be anxious to wake up every day, not bored to wake up Monday to Friday just so you can be happy on Saturday and Sunday. That's not life. That's only five out of that's only two out of seven days. Like <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> but anyways, it kind of was born from that essentially. So what the heightened chef is is we do a cannabis-infused gourmet dinner party. And we do it monthly. We do it for a private clientele. The heightened chef is actually not open to the public. You do have to kind of know someone. We employ a one degree of separation. You've got to either know one of us personally or be with someone who knows one of us personally. And then we've grown it organically since back, like just when you said 2017, five years later, almost five years later, we're still smashing it out and our team and our family is bigger than ever. So uh, yeah, we do normally three, four, possibly five courses on a special occasion. Uh, every course is infused with cannabis and uh, we've set out a specific dosage. Like that's what, what I'll say we've done the most work on over the years is perfecting that perfect dosage for everyone that can be a good baseline, no matter what level you are. You can be entry level or you can be experienced and still have an amazing time. And uh, every episode, we try and highlight different cuisines. Uh, so we try and have every episode be a different theme, a different type of cuisine, because we really want to showcase that cannabis can be put into any type of cuisine. It is a staple that is here to stay. You know what I mean? And that was just kind of, that's essentially what it is. And where it came from was it was right around that time when Justin Trudeau was about to become elected and his main platform was he was about to legalize cannabis. And I was like, oh, this is about to be something important because this is an industry that has never been here before. We haven't seen this in a generation. You know what I mean? We haven't seen the birth of an industry like this with something tangible. Like we've seen the birth of the internet and computers, but a lot of that was time to kind of, into, this was something else. This was something you could actually hold and have and do stuff with, not like we've ever seen. So I thought, you know what, there's something that we can do here and there's a way that we can capitalize on this. Funny enough to say, the heightened chef experience wasn't my first goal. It wasn't my first plan. Oh, it wasn't? No, no. It was a plan amongst a multitude of plans. Like I had many different areas of attack, but the heightened chef ended up being the spearhead. It was our foot in the door. You know what I mean? It was a way for us to get in touch with people and make connections with people because that's where I knew the real success would be of doing anything like this in this industry. It's not about making as much money. It's not about having the coolest thing. It's not about having the cheapest thing. It's about your connection to the people. If you win the people's hearts, you win the people's wallets. They'll tell, they'll put their dollars wherever you tell them to put it, as long as they trust you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of the basis of the heightened chef experience was to get our foot in the door, to make these connections with people. It was really meant to be kind of just like an extended launch party, but then it just kind of exploded and turned into its own thing, living, breathing thing. And it's allowed us now to kind of, access all those other plans that we had. It's given us now a platform and a venue and uh, a place to do this. So it really worked out cool. And that's where, that's kind of essentially where it came from. That's cool, man. And, 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 and doing it with like some of your, your buddies from high school. So like, how did you guys all, like, I see that there was an opportunity, but 
how did you all kind of come together to be like, I like cannabis, I like food, I like music. Like how, did, and then you're just like, especially five years ago, let's just put this all together and create an experience. And I think this is important because we're, we're, we're at the point now in, in the world where jobs and, and careers and, and businesses exist that never existed before. And so there's opportunities for us to do things or to, to combine our different passions that we've never been able to do. Absolutely. But I think we still, a lot of us have still been conditioned to have like this traditional job or this traditional business. So what was it with the, with you and your friends that were like, we can combine all these things, <laughs> How, right. like even to try it, like, cause that's really unconventional. It is, it is. And you know, it's funny because the connection of the friends, like you said, we kind of, we, we knew each other from high school. We hung out together. We were all, it really the underlying connection is cannabis. We all right. smoke together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In a lot of cases, some of us, we've smoked some of our earliest first times together because we met up in high school. So these are some of our foundation building blocks of my cannabis career. So <laughs> kind of was out, my, my partner, Chef Alfred, he was, uh, he's kind of already had his, his standing with me in terms of being a person that I know I could connect with because just we had been known each other for that long and connected on that level. Uh, and he also, again, happened to be a master chef. Like that's something he went and trained for and did all of that. So I knew that he had the skills that could empower this idea that I had. You know what I'm saying? Because again, like I said, I'm always looking at people. How can we utilize you? How can we make best of your strongest skills? You know what I mean? And how can we fill in the gaps where you have weaknesses? Like, where can we make this a, a, a airtight ship kind of thing? You know what I mean? So I connected with him about it. And once we started talking, he, he was just like, man, you know, as soon as you started talking, it was the exact same thing that I was thinking. Like, I just didn't think I think to reach out to you. I didn't think that you would have been on something like this. So it was kind of like the putting together of the idea with the application. And that's where our two minds met. And we found out that we connect on a whole other bunch of different levels as well, which kind of really made it easy. Like he's a really person who's into numbers. He likes all of that number crunching. I absolutely detest it. <laughs> I detest it. Me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we were able to connect and like, I'm a talker. I like to be in front of people. He detests this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it really worked out that we, it was, it was kind of uh, kismet that we worked out so well together. And that's kind of what's been empowering it. You know what I mean? The clarity of my vision, because I can see what we need to do and how to do it. I just need to be able to get there. And he has that genius of being like, how can I, I know how to put these things together to make it work. You know what I mean? I love that, man. I love it. And I love the fact that you're doing it with a, you know, a good friend from high school. And, and I think sometimes, you know, we keep our ideas to ourselves. And, and I always tell people, be careful who you share your goals and your dreams with. I, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes, too, we have to kind of extend ourselves because, and I say this all the time, we're always worried about how, how can I do this? I, you have an idea and then you, you go to how can I do it? And then it's how I can't do it because it's too difficult. I can't do it when it's really about the who, like who do I need to connect with? And so yeah. you found your who's, both of you. That's so right. 
So like, what has been the feedback that you've gotten from this experience? And like, what's something, something that someone said to you that's really stood out that just like feedback that you never expected to, to hear? Right. Yeah, man, we've gotten amazing feedback uh, from all of our guests every time. And like I said, we have a different type of experience every time. So a person can come multiple times and have a different experience each time. It's never the same thing. Uh, we do obviously have a bar of quality that we maintain and a certain format that we try to keep so people can know what to expect in a sense, but we do try and keep it changing. And people seem to really enjoy this. You know what I mean? The fact that I can keep coming back and get different things every time. It would have been really easy for us to just keep doing the same thing over and over. And there are benefits to that because we could perfect how to do things. We could cut minutes off of time. We could cut dollars down. We could kind of perfect it and take it to its essence. There's a benefit to that. I get it. But for us, it's really, we just want to keep changing the experiences and keep it new and keep it lively because then it's, it's tough to, to, to simulate, it's tough to recreate. It's tough to copy. And it really just keeps an engagement with, with the, with the clients and the customers and the guests. Um, so they really enjoy that part of it. That's an amazing feedback. Always the food is always amazing. Like Chef yeah. Alfred knocks it out of the building. Amazing. Yeah. I've, I've eaten there, man. The food is, is really amazing. Yeah. My life is spoiled. Like I can't go to regular places and eat regular food now. Like my nose <laughs> turned up because <laughs> I'm, I'm spoiled to such amazing food. So people really are always enjoying the food. And we have non-infused options as well, where there's no cannabis involved. It's just the food and people partake in this and they love it still. So uh that's been amazing and we really enjoy that and for me the biggest reward out of it all is this feedback in the feedback that people enjoy the community that has been created people have forged friendships through these experiences people have forged businesses and business relationships like it was something that you mentioned right at the end of our bio there that it we've encouraged and and helped try to push people forward in starting their own cannabis companies. You know what I mean? So to me, that is the greatest feedback of all that we have inspired you to do something and you're taking that something and making the entire community greater. That's the whole purpose of, the, of what I try to make the heightened chef about again, like I try to make it a platform. I want it to be a place where people can come and really get a, a light sh uh, being shined on them. You know what I mean? So that you can and show I, I how great and I like that. And I also like the fact that, you know, you have music and then you bring in guest speakers. So like, you know, you've had me come and speak a few times and, and you yeah. know, it's a really cool experience. And I've had people reach out to me after both times. Actually, somebody reached out to me on after the uh, the last time. And um, okay. she, she said, you know, I really loved hearing you speak. And wow, it was amazing and really great feedback. And so both times, you know, I kind of got that. So where did the whole bringing speakers in come into play in when the, with the experience? Right. Yes. Uh, and again, this is, this speaks to the creating of an experience and creating that community. Uh, I knew that there was an ability here for there to be just more than just food. You know what I mean? I always knew that like I wanted to have an upgraded kind of dining experience and I'm I'm a theater person. I come from a theater background. That's what I went to school. Oh, you do? I didn't know that. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I went to Ryerson, Bachelor of Fine Arts. So I went to the theater program there and everything. 
And uh, that's kind of where my background is. So I kind of knew there could be a show element, some type of entertainment. And I thought it went really hand in hand with what we were trying to do because we're really giving you a different experience than you've probably ever had in a lot of cases. So I thought this is the ability to now that your mind is open, you've opened your mind to this palette of food that's going to be changing how you feel and stuff like that. There's an ability here to kind of elevate you in other ways as well. So I always, and there was always part of the plan to have an educational piece to the heightened chef experiences, which is where the guest speakers come from. Um, that I always wanted you to walk away feeling a little bit better than you, or a little bit more than when you came. So that, uh, and again, it was a platform for people like yourself and people like others to come and talk about the things that they're doing. And I felt our crowd could really connect with that. It was beneficial to the person coming to speak because they had an open crowd and a receptive audience. Everybody's already friends of friends. You know what I mean? So it's not like random people where someone could just be like, oh, you suck, buddy. Or yeah. I'm not I'm not taking this. I'm going to start talking on my phone or whatever. Everybody's engaged because it's kind of like your friends of friends. You don't want to be rude to your friend. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It's always a receptive audience. So people are always willing to, to come and talk and people are always willing to come and listen. And it's a really great environment that way. And again, I try just recently in the past season, last season, we really made a push because this whole thing is about culture for us. We're trying to create a culture, you know what I mean? And it's important for any culture to be in connection with art. And we really made a big push to include some type of art, any type of art into almost every episode. So we always try and bring on a featured guest artist. That might be a graphic artist, a performing artist, a, uh, you know what I mean, literary artist, writing, creative, any type of creative pr person, we've really made an effort to try and bring them on board as well. So that's kind of where it all comes from. So that's when we get like live entertainment, people performing, people singing, people, you know what I mean, doing all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of where it all came from. And we really just wanted to make it a place where everything could combine food, art, knowledge, you know what I mean? I think those are the keys. Yeah, I think this is a good lesson because, you know, somebody listening right now might say, you know, I have uh, all of these different passions, like I'm interested in dogs and I'm interested in food and I'm interested in, you know, aerobics or fitness. And and they might not see the connection between all of them, or maybe they do, but they're discouraged because, you know, of what other people might say. And I think this is a good lesson for people that you can combine the different things that you're passionate about. Like there's no rules to there's no rules to business anymore. There's no, you have to go to business school. And after you do four years at Harvard, then you can launch your business. I mean, the biggest entrepreneurs in the world are never went to university or, or university dropouts. And I'm not trying to discourage people from going to university or college. I'm just trying to say, if you have an idea, get started, right? Like you can just start from where you are. There's no rules to entrepreneurship and business anymore. And I love that. And I love the fact that you you all are showing this. Like, this is something completely different. But what I also like is this. It's about you creating an experience. And I think that people want, are moving away from, I want this product or this service to, I want an experience. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of known that, but, and we've known it with like high-end stores. Like if you go to a Ferrari dealership, you expect to walk in and get service. If you go buy Louis Vuitton, but- it's everything now. I think people want experiences now. 
right? And so I love the fact that you guys are creating this experience. And so this was an in-person experience in the beginning, and then you had to go online. Like, what was that whole transition like? Were you guys thinking about like, let's just shut it down or let's just try this? Like, how, what were you thinking about? Because I remember going to the first one, it was in person. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And then COVID happened. And then now you were forced to do it online. So what was that whole decision like to go virtual? Oh, man, that was a, that it's a really interesting story. But it's a story that speaks to uh, persistence. I think that's what the main, the moral of this story is going to be. It's about keep pushing, keep, keep going. You know what I mean? Don't, don't let obstacles and hurdles discourage you. There are opportunities for you truly to achieve more. You got to look at them as, as steps, not hurdles. It helps me get higher. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it burns, but it's going to help me get higher and get to that top part that I want to. So that's kind of the moral of the story. But yeah, so what happened was, yeah, just like you said, we were doing live in-person events. They were amazing. Uh, It created an experience unlike any other because you got to chill with like-minded people that you might not know, but you know that they're cool because they're friends of friends. We're doing something that we've never done before. Uh, It was an amazing thing. And people were loving it and it was growing awesome and uh, growing organically. And then, like you said, COVID hit and we had to cancel one because we just couldn't guarantee the safety of everybody at that time. Um, And then we were like, okay, we had to cancel one, whatever, it's COVID, this is going to go away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You and every other business. (laughs) So when we came to, by the time, like I was upset that we had to cancel one. That was the first time we didn't have one and at that point, it had been almost four years. Wow. You know what I mean? Every month we were doing this event. And that was the first time we had to stop and not do one, an event. Even sometimes some of them were small. Some of the initial ones were really small. You might even call them flop. But we still did them. And we still kept trudging through every month. But this is the first time we had to stop. So I was upset. And I saw that we were coming to another month where this lockdown thing is not easing off. And I was like, nope, we cannot miss another event. This train has to keep moving. We've got to figure out some way to do it. How can we, if we can't bring people to us, we have to go out to the people. Let's try. And how, how can we figure out, how can we get the food to them? You know what I mean? And from there, I was just like, you know, maybe there's a way for us to do the entire thing or at least some type of simulation of the event. That was my main experience, my main goal in trying to go online. So once we pivoted to doing the meal kits and doing this online experience of having people on and doing Zoom chats, um, I knew that that was kind of, again, the thing that we were trying to do is recreate that live experience because we knew that's what people were missing. People were missing connecting with one another. And to me, that's one of the biggest positive feedbacks that we've gotten about since doing the online experience is that people feel that sense of connection they are isolated from from their friends, from their family, but they knew that once a month, you're going to come and link up with all of your heightened chef friends and you're going to all be eating together. You're all going to be eating the same thing together and we're all going to be enjoying this experience together. So it gave everybody a little bit of connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was, that was really a cool part of it. But since then, we've opened brand new doors to, to people that we never knew really wanted to take apart in, our, in the experience. They were just either introverts, they were lived really far away, 
They couldn't ever make it. They were concerned about tra traveling back and forth after the experience. All of those things kind of maybe made people decide maybe, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go out to this thing. But as soon as we, they could have it at home in the comfort of their own place, they were on board. And it began to open a whole new set of clientele for us. So now, even after pandemic is over and we go back to live events, which is happening soon. Yes. You heard it here first on the <laughs> Gratitude podcast. We are coming back to live very soon. Uh, but yeah, even once we go back to doing live events, this home experience meal kit uh, strategy that we used as a pivot, as a contingency, is now a bona fide part of our business plan. This will never go anywhere. We are going to continue doing the meal kits as long as we're doing this. You know what I mean? I love that. I love it. And I've been, you know, I've been talking to lots of business owners over the course of the pandemic. And a lot of people looked at, we all looked at it at the same, you know, my business is done. We looked at it as a challenge that we couldn't overcome. And I think working with people and having them see the opportunities. And this is the thing, like, not just from a, even a business perspective, but even like a personal, per, personal angle, like what opportunities were presented. And I think for some, some people and some of my clients, it was like, oh, whole new revenue streams they never thought about. Like, just like you got, like, wow, I never thought I could do this virtually. Right. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest speaking gigs that I ever got was virtual um, during the pandemic. I spoke to 20,000 people. What? Um, yeah, at a college. And I, there's no way. They don't even have a space big enough for 20,000 people. So I wouldn't have had that opportunity uh, if it wasn't for the pandemic, or I could have sat around and sulked about all the speaking gigs that I got canceled, or I could step back and say, okay, there's opportunities for virtual opportunities here. And so, and that's why I love, like, I love the fact that you guys said, look, let's just try it. And now it's a whole new re revenue stream for you. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, like, and from on a personal, like just you personally, like, what have you learned about yourself over the course of the, the pandemic? Like what, do you, what have you learned about yourself that you kind of might've known or didn't really know before? Hmm. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, because sometimes it's, it's really hard to take that step back from yourself and kind of be able to observe yourself in the third person and be like, who is this person? Who is this person, Sean? Who is this person, Danny? You know <laughs> what I mean? How do they, how do they, they function? How do they act? But uh, I have to say, for me, I think the thing that I kind of learned the most from being all this time isolated is, again, just the my level of persistence. I didn't think I had it in me to keep pushing through. You know what I mean? There are a lot of things that I felt like maybe would have stopped anybody else. It might even have stopped me if I was thinking about it. But it's again, it's that that level of persistence that I have determination. I didn't think I could be as determined as I was to keep pushing this thing forward. You know what I mean? Because there were a lot of times, a lot of difficulties. It's been a bumpy road. We've been blessed to work with a lot of awesome people and cool people. So but I know there's been rough parts and I didn't think I would have had it in. I thought maybe by now I would have changed direction. I would have been like, this isn't working. I got to think of an exit strategy, plan B. But no, no, this entire time I've just been focused. Like I said, it's so clear to me that I can't see anything different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So again, it is it is about persistence, you know. Yeah, and okay. that's given me a, 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 a kind of clarity that I didn't think I would have had. So well, you said two two you said two really important things. You know, uh, you talked about being persistent and committed, and and I think for a lot of people, they have an idea or a goal or a dream. And either they don't get started because they don't see how it can happen or they get started. And the minute they hit some adversity, they're out the door. Like, you know, that was me back in the day. Like I would I wanted that, you know, a certain job or, or, or you know, and I get the job. And the minute the boss um, gets mad or gives me some attitude about me walking in late. See ya. I'm gone. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> you know, I don't want, you know, any type of resistance. I was gone. You know, and, and I think persistence is the key to really, you know, taking your goal or your dream to another level and, and clarity, because what happens is, and this is what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of people who are doing something that other people see as significant, you start to get some progress. And then all of a sudden people try to pull you in all these different directions. It's like, Oh, Sean, come over here and help me on this thing. And let's partner on this. And the next thing, you know, you're on the bottom of your own business in the middle of somebody else's. Okay. Right. Because yeah. you're not clear about where it is that you're going. You need clarity, you need focus, and you need commitment. Yeah. And so I love the fact that you said, look, I just kept going. I just got, I got laser focused. I was determined. I was persistent. And then in the middle of all that, and this is something that people have to understand, in the middle of walking in the direction of your goals and your dreams, it be, it starts to become clear. A lot of people think you need a clarity right away. And I mean, that's ideal. Like, you know where you're going, but sometimes you're so focused that because you're focused, you start to get clarity about what it is. And I think that is a big lesson for a lot of people because why they don't get started. It's like, I don't see how this is going to work. No, just keep going, take action every day. And then what's out of focus will start to become in focus. Right. As you take steps closer towards your goal, for sure. And I feel like I mean, tying it back is I don't feel like those things I could have done as well as I did if pandemic was didn't happen because a lot of those distractions and pulls from all these different things. And, hey, Sean, come help me with this. Or, hey, I need you to work on this. Or, hey, I need you guys to do this. That was all those other external things were pushed out of the box. And I was able to just be like, how can I do this? What's the best way to do this? How can I make the most of every single opportunity? I felt like over this pandemic, also a thing that I, a way that I grew was that I became much more opportunistic and that in in the most positive connotation possibly, because sometimes being an opportunist or being opportunistic can be seen sometimes as, oh, you're trying to take advantage in a bad way. I am trying to take advantage, but not in a good, not in a bad way, in a good way, a way that can benefit me and hopefully benefit others. So I found that that was something I was able to do as well over the course of time during this lockdown period, because those external things that would be distracting me weren't there. Mm, that's so good. That's really good. So have you always kind of had this drive? Like when you were a kid, were you always like this? Like, what was your whole kind of childhood like growing up? Were you were you somebody who was focused or were you all over the place? Because you were in in theater and all that kind of stuff. So, what was yeah. that? What was that like? And how did you make that transition from your childhood to like that to like this? It, it was tough, and I don't think I could have done it without 
the the connections that I made along the way. But I mean, initially, I wouldn't say I was an entre- entrepreneurial. I was like you said, I'm a creative. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I what I what I was more on. And uh, I wouldn't. I I mean, I enjoy making money. I enjoy money. <laughs> I don't enjoy counting it. I don't enjoy <laughs> necessarily come along with it. I like the thing, but that part of it wasn't the strongest for me. I won't admit. I, I mean, I won't lie. Uh, but again, like I said, I feel like the connections that I kind of made along the way allowed me to take this dream and put it into reality. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where that came from. And with the vision of the, that I had for what we could do, that ignited that entrepreneurial fire. And then knowing that there was a way that there was a, a real life application for it and we could actually manifest it, that ignited the entrepreneurial fire within me. And now all I see are different ways that we can generate business and generate commerce through that. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where that's coming from. So no. So short answer to the question is no, I wasn't always entrepreneurial, but over the course of time and with the success and with the 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 thing that's happening with the heightened chef it, it ignited that fire and now it's there raging <laughs> <laughs> i love it because i wasn't always entrepreneur either you know i grew up in low-income housing and the whole goal was to get a quote unquote good job yeah so I, I that was my whole focus to get a good job to get out Which of that environment I, and i have an office and i sit in a cool business like an office chair like that was the definition of this <laughs> i bet and I was a university dropout, but somehow, you know, was was I don't know, I guess creative enough in a in a way to land corporate jobs and to be managing training and stuff for big companies without a university degree. But once I got there, I realized I don't want this job. Like this isn't my dream. This isn't the vision for my life. This was this was planted in my mind when I was young, right? So mm-hmm. I think I was always creative, but I wasn't. I never saw myself as always entrepreneurial, but I've always had side hustles, which is weird. I never looked at myself as an entrepreneur, but I've always had two jobs or a job and something else going on. And like eight years ago, I just made the transition out of my job. But and then that's I'm like you. That's when I started saying, like, there's all kinds of opportunities out here. What am I doing? You know, locked in a job that's trying to hold me there for 25 years. Like, you know what I mean? Crossing off the X when I got 15 years to retire and I'm crossing it off every day. I've worked with people like that. Plaque to say thank you for your service. <laughs> and look, and I'm not, I'm not knocking it because what works for you works for you. But I'm just saying, I think this is a good lesson for anybody who's listening right now to be like, if they're thinking about something where they have a vision for their life or a mission or a calling or a big problem they want to solve, explore it. And it, and it could come, it could become an opportunity where you actually make money, right? You don't have to have an entrepreneurial mindset to be an entrepreneur in the beginning. Right. right? Like no, you I and I are both examples of that. Yeah, people rarely are. We, I don't think I know many people who started out as I want to start businesses. It always comes from something organic. I want to be able, I can do something cool. Uh, I want to be, I can do this for people and people like this, or it comes from something that, you know what I mean? Something organic. So I feel like everybody, every major entrepreneur who really became successful, never initially thought they were going to start out like that. They just found a way, a solution for something uh, or found something unique and 
really just found decided I want to maximize on this. No, I like that. So like right now, I mean, you kind of just did it, but like, I'm sure there's somebody who's listening right now who's like, man, I really want to try to start a side hustle or explore this thing or solve this problem, but I just don't know how. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Like, what advice would you give somebody right now who's in that place in their life? Man, if I, th- I think, again, it's something that you just mentioned a little bit earlier on and it's something that I heard you and uh, a colleague talking about on one of your uh, one of your lives. And it's really stuck with me. And I, it's sticking with me because it's kind of my story. And you just put words to my story. That's it. And, and, and I loved it. And then you mentioned it before. Just start where you are. Just start where you are. Because it has to start from somewhere. And taking that first step is what will build you the momentum to keep going forward. That's what I find. So whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, just put some forward motion behind it even if it's just a plan if you take the second just to write down a business idea that's a step in that direction you know what i mean so don't think any step is too small don't think any step is too far to make just keep going just keep going and start from wherever you are because that's that's i feel the biggest thing is getting past that first inertia once you can get that momentum moving every little step becomes easier and becomes more routine. And I think that is the next step in being able to be successful at trying to start a business, being an entrepreneur, is to finding the routine. You've got to make it clockwork for you because the instant you leave it to, like obviously there has to be passion and there has to be love behind whatever you're doing. But the instant you leave it to those things, those things are emotions. You know what I mean? And (laughs) can change on a given day you can be having a crap day and be like you know what bleep this i don't want to do this anymore it's not worth it and you, you can change your heart and a lot of things can happen in that small period of time but when you make it routine when you make it clockwork for some people it's getting up early some people it's you know what i mean writing things down making lists for some people it's whatever the case may be once you can find a way to make it routine then those momentary lapses in in drive, which are human, you can't expect yourself to be a machine and be like, go, 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 rah, rah, rah every day, right? But when you find the routine and you can put it into be like, oh, I got to remember, I got to do this. I got to do this because I do it every day. And this is, it's benefiting me in this way. So I don't have to question it. It just happens. That is what will help push you forward. You know what I'm saying? That's good. That's so good. I like what you said that there's no, there's no, there's nothing, uh, no action too small. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think about anybody who's ever achieved anything. They had to start somewhere. If you're, if you're a a, a long distance marathon runner, you never started. Your very first run wasn't running 52 kilometers or miles. It was, let me just run around the block. Right. So, and I think what happens is we focus on other people and how far they've come, but you don't understand that they started where you are or they started work from wherever they were to get to where they are. So I love that. And I love the fact that you talked about a routine, you know, um, someone I had on the podcast, Mario Armstrong, he's an Emmy award winner for his, uh, his talk show. Okay. And, uh, you know, I always say progress equals belief. Like the more progress you make, the more that you believe your goals are actually possible. Like you don't know when you first start, 
you know, you don't know that you can do 25 push-ups. You do two the first day. Then the next day you might do three. And it takes many moments of momentum for you to say, I can actually do 25 push-ups. And he says, it takes many moments of momentum to achieve your goal or your dream. Yes. It's consistency. And I think all three of us are talking about the same thing. Do something. <laughs> like, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what you can't do. What is the thing that you can do? Like what every, like you said, you can write down a thought, can't you? You can make a phone call. You can go on uh, YouTube and search something. You can buy somebody's book. You can take a course. You can call somebody who you know might have some information that you need. Like there's always one thing, right? But we get focused on what I can't do. And I love the fact that you say, well, what can you do? And there's nothing too small. (laughs) Like just start from what you are, you know? Yeah, there's no problem in taking a lot of steps because sometimes people feel like I got to be able to do this in a hop, skip and a jump. And if I don't do it in the hop, skip and jump, I have failed. And that is not the case. You know what I mean? It can be a whole bunch of little steps leading up to your hop, skip and jump. You know what I mean? So you got to take it in, in pieces and you can't be mad that some pieces are smaller than others. I think yeah. that brings people down. They get down because they feel like they haven't achieved enough in a peer given period of time. So you have yeah. to read it's a marathon, not a race. Yeah. Off. And I think that's a good point. Cause we're always comparing ourselves to other people. Like, and I think sometimes like people probably are listening to this now and saying, okay, well, coach stone is doing his thing. And you know, Sean's doing his thing. Like, you know, have they ever had to overcome any big challenges? Like, you know, have you ever kind of had a run in, run into like a big challenge in your life that you had to overcome? Cause I think sometimes when people see you at a certain place in your life, they don't know the journey. They're just like, oh, he's the heightened chef and they're doing all this. They don't like know personal or business j- challenges that you've had. So like, what is something that you've had to overcome to get to where you are either in your life personally or in your business? Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably a business wise, I would probably say one of the biggest challenges that we've had to overcome is simply just Again, like we said, gathering that trust amongst people, you know what I mean? That can be tough, especially when you're doing something that no one has ever seen before. Yeah. So you're kind of, in a lot of cases, asking a person to go in blindly. They have no point of reference. So that made it really tough to get support because A, we kind of are operating in a gray market area. Which <laughs> right. Is like, that's radioactive to me. I can't mess with you. Like we already had things that happened where I wanted to have guests, amazing guests, Danny, amazing guests that I know and would come that are, it's not a question of, I, I don't trust you. It's the, it was the question of, I can't mess with that. Right. Because I have a brand and my brand can't interact on that level and whatever corporate politics needs that go on. That's not my issue, but it says essentially that was a thing. So there were times when we just couldn't do stuff because of that. So again, I get certain parts of it. Uh, but again, get, gathering that trust yeah. was was challenging and getting people to get on board with us. So I, that, that was tough in the beginning. But once you get in the door and you see what it is that we're doing, it, it shines the, the light on it. And people, we win people over instantly instantly it's just that was that initial trust factor of 
a person being like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if I, I am I going to get too messed up or what's going to happen to me or what kind what am I spending my money what do you on? Do to alle- what did you do to alleviate that for, for people? How did you break through that? Well, I knew no matter what, that was always going to be an issue. I knew that was going to be a persistent issue. There was probably no real solve for that issue in the near future. Mm-hmm. So the way I tried to, I, we felt, felt we could combat it was again to build a community, a, a circle of trust where that would never be a question. Right. You know I mean? Because if we were allowed, if we opened ourselves to the public, it would always be an issue. There was always be someone who would be like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I've never kind of seen this. But in building it as a community rather than like a straight business venue, it broke down those barriers between people because now every time you heard about it, it was through a vouch. Someone yeah. was vouching for it Yeah, because they had been. So they're like, I already have, have that level of trust. And now I share that level of trust with you because I know you, I wouldn't be telling about telling you about it if I didn't trust you or you wouldn't be taking me seriously if you didn't trust me. So we kind of eliminated that barrier altogether by creating it as a community rather than as a product or mm-hmm. as a service. Come connect with people. You're going to get all this cool stuff if you come, no matter what. But it's the, the connection that you're coming for. And that, I said, I think is what how we were able to overcome that challenge. Yeah, people want community. And I like the fact that you said community. It's about experiences, you know, especially because of what happened over COVID. A lot of us were isolated. Like I know people who are living alone and are still living alone for the last year and a half. And you've been locked in your house. And so people want community even more than ever. Right. You know, I'm, I'm reaching out to people. I was calling people, reaching out one-on-one. You know, I've spoken to at least 100-plus people over the course of the pandemic. And that's what people were looking for. Like, I'm isolated. I feel alone. Who else is feeling like I'm feeling? And so I love the fact that you created this community for people. And you're right. Like, this is something that I think business owners really need to understand. It, It doesn't matter how great your product or your service is. It's about creating experiences and communities so that other people are out there talking about your products, your service, and your experience. So you don't even have to say anything. Like the people that are part of your community were handling the objections for you. Oh, good, you know, they're telling their friends, look, this is this is um this is what the experience is like. Oh, don't worry about that. I had that initial fear, but now I'm uh, you know, I'm good with it, or all of these things. And I love the fact that you're saying that. And this is a big, I think, something big for entrepreneurs and business owners. We have to learn to create experiences and community. Connection. Um, so you go deeper with people. It's not just about a transaction. It's about a relationship, right? And I think that's what you guys have done really well. Like, you know, you have a very diverse uh, uh, clientele. Like, it's very diverse. I've been to the events. It's like old, young, different ethnic backgrounds, ages, everything, you know? I think that when I first saw that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So it's a community of people from so many different career backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. And with common threads, the two common threads. And it's two common threads that a lot of people like food. Everybody likes food and cannabis. An amazing amount of people enjoy cannabis. Right. And that's kind of where we're able to bring all of those people in because even though they are so diverse 
and so different. Like you're right, the demographic is different. We have people from in their early 20s to as much as their late 60s. Right. Show up. So there's a f- and all of the different genres. They they listen to all different kinds of music. They watch all different kinds of movies. They enjoy all different types of things. They all of them together enjoy those two things and try and give that to you in a way that you've never had so that's what's the 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 honey drying in the flies you know what i mean i love it that's good man so let me ask you something like uh so on a personal level what's what's something that you're most proud of in your life for me immediately it is family it's always family you know what I mean? My kids to me are everything. I got 17 year old twins. Wow. So to me, the, my family is everything. And to throw it all the way back to, I think one of our first questions was, I mean, that's what kind of permeates throughout all my business and life and everything is family. And how do I connect to you? You know what I mean? So I feel to me over this course of the time of what I've done, I've done some cool stuff. I've done some not so cool stuff. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> along the way, I have to say that the thing I'm most proud of is my family and the connections I have with my family and how strong that makes me. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, again, the philosophy behind the Heightened Chef. It is a network of people. As much as me and my partner, Chef Alfred, as much as we do, we would not be possible without being able to stand on the shoulders of so many other awesome people. So that connection and that that bond that we formed with all of these family members, yourself included, is, is again, it makes uh, a, a lattice work that is very tight-knit and unbreakable. And now I'm not afraid to fall because I have this huge safety net behind me to fall back on. It wasn't there in the beginning, that's fine. But now I know that that's there. I'm willing to risk more. I'm willing to to explore more because I know that I have this amazing network of people who are there to support us in no matter what it is that we do because we're all mutually invested. You know, that's so great. Yeah, you know, and I'm big on family. You know, growing up in Nova Scotia, Canada, you know, it's it's a, a big very- family. Y'all only mess with big families yeah. over there. Yeah. Big big family, man, and. You know, the, where the weddings have, you know, a thousand people at the wedding, yeah. and 45, 48 people in the wedding party or 70 people. In the, so I, I'm used to, you know, family and, and, and um, but also like it, it's about uplifting each other. You know, I, I'm not I'm not somebody who gets jealous of other people's success. And I, I, I'm, I, you know, I mean, I think we all have our moments, but I love to see people win and especially yeah. people that I'm connected to or people I know like yourself. When, when I saw the heightened chef taking off, I was like, man, I'm so happy for Sean and, 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 and just hearing the connections you've made. And I really believe that like we have to learn to lift each other up. And, and that's why I love about you guys, giving people an opportunity to be on your platform, um, bringing out artists and speakers and, you know, DJs. I love that. And, and so I think I can see that. I can see that with you and Chef Alvarez, just how family is important and to, and is not and to allow other people's light to shine. And, and I really love that because I think we need more of that. Like the, 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 we have to understand about business. Amazon proved that business is global, right? Like 
you, you could have somebody anywhere and anywhere, anywhere in the world attend your event virtually. Mm-hmm. Somebody from South Africa, somebody from China. And so we don't have to be greedy when it comes to, I just want mine and I don't want you to have yours. Mm-hmm. Business is global now. <laughs> like, like I, I spoke at an international conference with people from 18 countries. It's global. Yeah. And so if there's enough money, there's enough opportunity, there's enough uh, ability for us to make an, a greater impact in the world without having to hate on other people. Absolutely. I love that about you guys. And I love that about your platform too. Thank you, my bro. Thank you. And yeah, man, it fills me with joy every time I see my brethren succeeding. You know what I mean? Like that last, last month, our, our, the panel that we had just a while ago, like I was so motivated that next day. I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have a plan. And I was just like, I got to do something because I have so much positive energy me, in me from the night before. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I think there's so much food to eat. The table is so huge that we can, we can all eat and it, we should be helping people up to the table rather than trying to keep them down. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the, depending on where, what it is you're doing, like, I mean, I think it's always to a mutual benefit of helping people because you never know where that next referral might come from, that next connection. And we're a living testament to that. Our entire clientele is based on referral. You know what I mean? So you never know who's going to be like, might be interested in what it is that you're doing. And somebody's good, positive testimonial, somebody's good review is going to open the door for them. So I can't ever see a way that even if somebody's trying to copy you and someone's trying to steal your idea, it still helps you, Danny. It still helps you because you're creating a broader marketplace. Somebody might see your imitation and might want and then be like, hey, where did that come from? And find me. Right. You know what I mean, I might find the, the way back to whoever it is. So I don't even care if you want to do the things that I'm doing, if you want to copy, you want to steal my stuff and call it your own. Somebody's going to find their way back to me because inevitably it's going to get there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, that's amazing, man. So yeah. a couple more questions before we wrap up. These are a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. So what does grind mean to you? What does it mean to grind to you? To grind is to put in that work that nobody else wants to do. That dirty work. That's what the grind is to me. Like sometimes it's mucky. Sometimes it's in the trenches. It's, it's tough. Like there are a lot of parts like the heightened chef looks like all fun and games. We <laughs> make it look like all fun and games, but there is a lot of legwork that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of connections and a lot of planning and doing that, that behind the scenes work where no one sees it. No one thanks you for it. It just was supposed to happen. That's the grind to me. So when you're grinding, you're doing that work that no one else wants to do, that no one wants to see. But in order for your 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 stuff to go off properly and go off amazing, it needs to happen. I love it. That's how champions are made, you know, yeah, in the dark. Exactly. It's the clockwork working in the background. No one wants to see the gears clicking. Everybody just wants to see the time. That's, right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. What's up? Yeah, that's true. Uh, and so what is, I love that. That was a great answer. What, what is, um, what does gratitude mean to you? I know you've kind of talked about it like this whole time, but yeah, just tell me what, what is, what does gratitude mean to you? Gratitude for me is just 
being aware, it's like, to me, gratitude is a form of mindfulness, being aware of what you have and being thankful for those things that you have. And I feel like, especially with oneself, you have to be able to thank yourself. You have to be gracious and, 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 and grateful to yourself for the things that you accomplish. And I don't feel that happens enough. So when I think about that gratitude part of it, it's sometimes I have to award myself. I have to be like, hey, man, you did a good job there. Like, it's awesome to receive accolades from awesome people like yourself. And it's always fun to hear great feedback. I had an awesome time. I enjoyed the food so much. Oh, I got so messed up. It was fun. But whatever. You can't depend everything on those accolades because they may not always come especially when you're trying new things and you're trying to explore and you're trying to create a, a place for yourself. Uh, but you can always hear your own voice and you need to be that person saying, you know what, you did good on that. Or, hey man, you, you did that thing and you didn't think you were going to do it, but you did it and it came out pretty good. So I feel like gratitude has to start from with what, within oneself. You have to be the, the, the center of it and spread that gratitude outwards. And it has to go past you first. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can start spreading it out to other people. It's got to come from you. So if you're not happy with yourself, if you're not pleased with yourself, then you got to change whatever it is that you're doing so that you can emanate that gratitude. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, man, that's so great. Gratitude starts with being grateful for yourself, appreciating yourself. That was good, man. Listen, bro, I want to thank you so much. Bro. Bro. Only my kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is good, man. I just want to, you know, I want to thank you for being on the show. And man, I think there's people are going to take away. There's going to be a lot of takeaways for people on this episode. And I always encourage people when you listen to the podcast, make sure you have a pen and paper ready. I get people uh, emailing me and DMing me from, you know, countries all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like there's people who start their, their Monday morning in, in Turkey, in, in Brazil, in China, in Indonesia, all of these ran in, in, in Guatemala okay. and um, listening to the podcast and, and their takeaways, right? The things that people can take away and put into action right away. So I know that once people listen to this, they're going to be sitting down. If you're listening right now, go back and listen to it once or twice, break out a pen and paper. Cause Sean was dropping some jewels and some gems. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, brother, thank you for being on the show. And, and and so tell people where they can find you and what's next. Like, that's what we want to know. Yes, it's always exciting, always new with the heightened chef. We Like I said, we're always trying to push the border, push the envelope a little bit further, do things that we haven't done before. So we got a lot of things always planned. Uh, definitely the best place to contact us and to find us is on our website, www.theheightenedchef.com. You can go there and you can find information about our upcoming events. You can order your meal kits. You get access to the Heightened Chef Pantry, which is our own line of uh, kitchen staples. So we have things like infused olive oil, infused balsamic vinaigrette, uh, infused almond butter, infused blueberry jam, uh, infused hot sauce. We've got a, a range of things. That's just from us. That's the Heightened Chef's Pantry. Then we also have access to all of our vendor family, the amazing vendors that we have at every event. We have a select, sometimes exclusive items from those uh, vendors that you can only get through the Heightened Chef. So uh, you definitely wanna go there and check. You can buy that, buy stuff from the Heightened Chef every day. You don't just have to wait 
until uh, our monthly events. So our next event that we have coming up though, this month's event, we are going to the Middle East. Ooh. Our next event is 1001 Arabian Nights. And Ooh. we're doing Middle Eastern cuisine. So that's the one that we're doing. We haven't done that before. So we got that. That's going to be amazing. That's on September the 25th. So if you want to take part in that, go check out www.theheightenchef.com and you can sign up for your meal kit there if you are in the greater Toronto area. Uh, and we will make sure you get taken care of for sure. So that's what we have going on with that. That's on September 25th, our Arabian Nights Middle Eastern Cuisine. Uh, then after that, again, I, our next episode is our own special holiday that we have created, Cannabis Friendsgiving. So Ooh, that's, uh, that's cool. That's going to be in October. We have a special menu planned for that one as well. We haven't released the menu, so stay tuned. Make sure you go follow The Heightened Chef on Instagram. Follow me, VanishPoint underscore TO on Instagram, and you'll stay up to date of all the cool information and things that we have going on. Uh, we have some amazing guests and stuff like that coming out as well. Uh, it's always a good time. So just jump on board, and we will take care of the rest for you. You're going to get some amazing food, an amazing vibe, and a great overall experience. Man, that's awesome. Everyone, make sure that you follow The Heightened Chef. You follow Sean. Make sure you check out the website. And, um, you know, I really love what you're doing. And, and I love people who push the envelope and step outside of um, societal comfort zone. So I really love what you guys are doing and appreciate you for being here, my brother. And I can't wait to connect with you again. Everybody, yeah, man, we got to link up soon. We will link up soon. Definitely, definitely. So everybody who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in to the Grind and Gratitude Show. And I will catch you in the next episode. Take care.